Welcome to another uh, episode of Consider This. We are in the studio today with my good, I'm just going to call you friends today. I like it. With my friend Drew and his cousin Morgan, who's also my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been funnier if you would have left that last uh, part out. Yeah, I should have left that last part out. Anyway, uh, Drew's on staff, Morgan's on staff, uh, but they really are good friends. And so we're here to, to deal with this question about... Um, when not to pray, don't bother praying about that. It's a waste of time praying when. All those ideas. And so I, I want to begin actually by, um, so when we're talking about this, I mean, I think it might be good for us even to define what, what do we even mean by prayer? Because um, it sounds like when a lot of people think of prayer, they just think of the petition aspect of it, the asking God for. And prayer is much deeper than that. So do any of you guys, Ryan's not here to caution us in any particular way. <laughs> or piggyback uh, off, or piggyback of, off of something. <laughs> so, you know, Drew, what do you what, what do you want to do to kind of just uh, set our direction, shape our tone? Sure. Obviously, like we, we do encompass petition in there when yep. we're talking about praying. We're yep. talking about yep. asking God for things. Um, but I think largely, especially with where we're going, a, a lot of this has to do with our just fellowship with God fellowship with the Father and the ability to be able to commune with him and mm-hmm. and bring things before him and discuss with him and, and, and know him. And so kind of in a broad term, or yeah, I guess a broad look at that is, is how I would describe prayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, well, we're going to jump into it. We should have a couple of examples of things that we're going to recommend uh, for you to not pray about. And we're really not trying to uh, play some kind of a word game or a semantic game. We're saying, no, I really want you to consider you know, thinking through these ideas as you talk with them to God, um, be aware of some of these things. So Morgan, I think you're going to start for us. Yeah. So something that we should not, not pray, for. pray for. Yeah. So last night when you sent me the, instead of we're going to have questions and we're going to answer them, we're going to actually come at this with um, just, you need to have a couple of things that you shouldn't pray for. I kind of panicked a little bit because I was like, I don't think I understand what they're talking about. They're going to plot these like crazy texts that I've never done, know existed, and they're going to have these things to say. So I was playing through what are things I felt convicted about in relation to this in my life that scripture has shaped. And so when I was in college, I had I had to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. And I tell people all the time, it was the best thing I ever, I've ever I did in college. It was the best assignment I had. Because when you're memorizing a, a chunk of text that big, there's something about it that just it convicts you and it works itself yeah. in your sure. life. Yep. You're, I'm not looking at all the commentaries on it. I'm looking at the text. I'm having to repeat it all the time. Well, at that time in my life, my brother, my older brother and I, we, we were in very much our, our relationship was not okay. He had a girlfriend that I didn't like is how it all started. And we just kind of had a huge falling out that I, I felt like I was speaking truth to him. He didn't want to hear it. And I said, well, if you don't want me to speak truth to you, I'm not speaking to you. And then we just weren't talking. And, it, and these I'm are sh- Drew's cousins you're talking These are about. Drew's cousins. <laughs> my cousins. Wow, and it was, was kind a of a... Difficult time for Drew. Yeah, it was kind of a... I mean, my mom was not okay with our how we were sure, treating one another. I wouldn't be. It was, it was really not healthy. And we were both um, at Bible college. <laughs> and we were not... I mean, there was a problem. Definitely like a lot of unforgiven sin that I committed towards him, that he committed towards me. And so, and at the same time, I'm memorizing the scripture. And in Matthew um, 5, 23 and 24, let me find it so I can just read it to you guys. And Matthew 5, 23 and 24, it's talking about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus, Jesus is saying, you've heard it was said, do this, I say, do this kind of thing. And he says about anger, 
He says, I say to you, everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And then he says this, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And so I don't know if that's an example of what you guys were asking, no, but it is. It is. But I felt like every time I was trying to worship, we had chapel twice a week at this time, and every time I was trying to worship, which is and I mean like singing type worship, I was I just I felt like I couldn't do it because I felt like something's not right here. So I don't know how I'm expecting it to be right between me and God. Yeah. You know? And so, I don't know, is that kind of a little bit of what you're saying as an example, Drew? Yeah. Yeah, that's um <clears throat> that's right in line, I think, with Jesus actually talking about, as I said, prayer being more than just petition, but kind of our fellowship with God. Yeah. And yep. and this is what Jesus says, when you are coming to worship the Lord and you realize that there's something before you, uh, in between you and a brother, recognize that that's connected to my your relationship with mm-hmm. God. And so go and, and make that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads like for one, one of the first ones I had was this idea of um, don't One thing to not pray for is don't pray for forgiveness from God if you refuse to give forgiveness to a brother or sister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and not just a literal blood brother like Morgan with her brother, but like a with a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah. And that's that's also Sermon on the Mount when when Jesus gives in his uh, in his famous what we call the Lord's Prayer uh, when he says in verse eleven or sorry verse twelve this is part of the prayer and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then it, it goes on after he finishes the sermon in ver, or the prayer in, in verse 14 of Matthew 6. He says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hmm. And even, <laughs> even worked into this prayer, I think we all know this idea of we ask and, and forgive us our trespasses, sure. forgive us our sins, but it's easy to overlook. Forgive us in the way that we've been forgiving our brothers and sisters. Um, and Jesus says, and if, and if you're not doing that, then you can know that God's not answering that prayer. Like that's, yeah. which, which is, I, that unpacks all that, or that brings out a whole other bunch of stuff when we talk about salvation and forgiveness yeah, yeah, and justification yeah, yeah. and all that. But, but just, it's hard to get around. And this is not like a one-time, Mm-mm. this is a statement that comes up over and over again in scripture. Oh yeah, it fits, it fits um, in accordance with, yes. with, with the, with the overall yeah. ideas. So yeah, that's one thing not to pray for if you're, if you're not willing to, to do your part in that. Yeah, if you're not willing to work towards reconciliation yeah. with your brother in Christ, your sister yeah. in Christ, then then don't bother talking to the Lord about yes. those things between you and him. Yes, and this issue of forgiveness is complicated. I mean, we, we did a podcast, I think, on what oh, yeah. forgiveness really yep. is. We're yep. not saying if you're struggling with bitterness, yep. you can't pray about yep. that. We're not yep. saying, yep. saying if you refuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a uh, you know it's a little bit of what Ryan was saying on Sunday. I thought I liked, loved his message, and he he gave that point that uh, I, I think somebody he was helping yeah. help somebody else. Uh, how does how do you help my friend who is in open rebellion against God on a particular issue? How do we help this person in their quiet time with Him? <laughs> and I like how Ryan said maybe we shouldn't help him in the quiet time. So even as you both are talking about it, it's not that you're saying stop talking to God at all. Right. We're saying you might not want to pretend 
that your relationship with your brother is having no bearing on your relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Literally, your brother generically and yeah. your brother literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but both, both in are, Christ. But both are brothers. Yeah, and, but yeah. both are brothers. And if you're not dealing with X, then don't think you can just bypass that. Mm-hmm. And then move forward with God yeah. and, and think that he's going to go, oh, yeah, no, no, we're good on everything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't even need to bring that up. Yes. God looks at us in a very holistic way. Yes. Um, and so we're trying to give you a heads up that if you are not forgiving, if you are um, in a serious uh, kind of a, at war with someone mm-hmm. and you're not seeking reconciliation, you're not seeking peace, then you may want to kind of rethink how you're praying yeah. and discussing that with your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Cause you wouldn't disagree Morgan that a prayer to God with like, help me seek reconciliation with my brother. That's not, that's a good prayer. Again. Yeah. That would be a good prayer. So it's yeah. not, don't pray to God until you go to your brother and fix it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your prayer with God is to deal with mm-hmm. what was broken. Yeah. And it reminded me, I don't know, this might be way out of context. So just cut me well, off. I'll, I promise I'll let you know. Well, both of you would though, right? Okay. And Steve across the room. So you can just exactly. shut down on turn Ryan might find out about yeah, this and there come he is. bursting in the room. <laughs> Steve's got a heresy button over there that just kind of, it's like a bleeping thing, just kind of bleeps you out. If you yeah. just hear elevator music, uh, someone, sudden, on the, someone on the podcast Speaking heresy. Speaking heresy. Uh, but da, 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 what I was thinking, <laughs> no, but what it made me think of, stop, da, da, da. Jim, okay, stop. Sorry. <laughs> come back. Come yes. Back. Okay. I'm here. Um, what it made me think of was your sermon on you're not safe. That idea mm-hmm. of you think you're safe, you're calling out like you're safe, but don't live however you want during the week and then come bring your worship to me yeah. and pretend like everything is good. And that's what it that's what yeah. it that's what it felt like whenever yeah. I was trying to do that. I felt like I was trying to pretend like my relationship with God is great. And I hear that. And with a lot of sins oh. people commit. It's like how's whenever you ask, they're they're confessing yeah. some huge sin and you say, How's your relationship with the Lord? Oh, that's great, better than it's ever been. That's not possible. Yeah. It's that's not those two things do not coincide. Yeah. And that's kind of what it makes me think of a little it's bit. It's a it's a person who thinks they're healthy because they haven't been to a doctor to have them diagnose them as unhealthy. Yeah. So I'm not saying you don't feel like everything is okay. But that might not be the best indicator. Yeah. Like, and that's what the Bible actually teaches. That's why you have to know the word. And that's why you have to be in biblical community. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Morgan, number two, what do you got for us? Um, and I like your personal examples, by the way. Drew's kind of stayed more on the generic side. Mm-hmm. He has a generic, hey, this is what I do. You were like, let me tell you what a time in my life. And I just, I want to say I appreciate that. It's Thank you. So, for, it's so hard for me to find examples of my failure. <laughs> Um, have much. Listen, I mean, he really is actually a pretty amazing guy. I just know that right now he even feels bad for saying <laughs> that. So bad. <laughs> you do. I don't feel like I can play right now. <laughs> the problem is Drew probably only can find uh, exactly. examples of his failure. He can joke around about that, but actually right now he's probably just... Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Okay, Morgan, what's number two? Well, my second one was, so because I felt really not okay, like I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I just, this is maybe don't do this, maybe do this, whatever. I just Googled what would hinder your prayer life. And sure. I thought if you can get, if I can just Google that and then they give me scriptures, I can then, I feel capable of looking the scriptures up and seeing if that's what's actually the scriptures actually mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I found one that was talking about don't bother praying this idea of if you just have selfish motives that don't line up with um, the will of the Lord, like in yeah. accordance with scripture. And the two texts that they kind of pointed out for that, there may be more, um, I think it may, that that statement is actually accurate. Um, so it, it talked about 1 John 5, hmm. 14 okay. and 15, yep. which says, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So that's that's what it says there. And then it refers to James 4. Yeah. And he says, um, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And um, in the in the commentating there, it underneath and, and just in a, your regular ESV study Bible, it would point out, it would say, not all prayers are pleasing to God. Only those consistent with his will as revealed in scripture, which is very much when we talk about um, recognize and respond and repent and believe. This is what we mean. Our mind is going to be transformed and our prayers. Um, that's a huge way that happens yes. is I'm praying. I think I'm praying wrongly. So I need to start thinking different thoughts, thinking true thoughts and praying different things. That's what it reminded me of. Um, and, and it says, rather than seeking to honor God and advance his kingdom purposes, such prayers seek only to gratify self-centered passions or desires. James is not saying all pleasure is wrong, only pleasure that does not have the glory of God as the goal. That's kind of what it talks about there. And I just think that's really, really helpful. Do you have an example? So, um, yeah. I mean, like I have, I've had um, people, uh, let's see. So I actually, anything I ask of the Lord, the, as the older I get in my faith, not just in age, but I mean like the more I become sure. like Jesus, mm-hmm, the more I question my requests to God. So not question and then I doubt them, not like that. I just check them. And so whenever I'm praying something through him, you, you we, ta- we had a prayer podcast and you talked about how you will wrestle with ideas yeah. while, while you're I'm in your prayer. God, yeah. And so I've, I've, I find myself doing that the, the further I get in my faith. And so like, for an example, if I was to pray to be married, I would, instead of just saying, Lord, please, and I believe, because I have people say, if you just believe more, right, which is <laughs> kind of a, anyways, yeah. that's, I don't know, maybe it's yeah. a dumb idea, maybe it's not, I'm nervous yeah. to say that now, because no. <laughs> I didn't look it up before I came in, but um, <laughs> I think it's a dumb idea, so kind of, maybe. Um, <laughs> so well, anyways, At least you're confident. Yeah. <laughs> in, in your in your indecision. Well, because because I've started to say so. If I was to say that, then I would I would want to ask the Lord. So then, how come? Why do I want that so much? Yeah. And is that glorifying to you? Does that honor you? How, how? Like, what are my motives for that? Even if my motives are good, how can I trust your character that you know what my life is going to be like, and it's better than I understand because it's your will, you know? And how can I? And so I allow myself to be shaped in my prayers more than just presenting my request, expecting them to be answered. Yeah. So that's kind of. No, that's a great example. I mean, I've, I've, I've often had to wrestle with a similar thing when I pray for the church to grow. Um, you know, I have to check my motives at the door because mm-hmm. am I doing this because it just means I'm, 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 I'm successful or I'm, you know, and I kind of hide that in the, but God wants his people to grow. God wants his church mm-hmm. to grow. And so I'm like, God, I'm, I'm going to ask for this, and I need you to kind of also help keep my motives in check at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of things. Yeah. When I pray for the health for my children, I'll mm-hmm. stop and I'll say, well, okay, but God, God really does, in a very real sense, desire for my children to be healthy and mm-hmm. to be, mm-hmm. you know, to be full the way that he designed them to be. But mm-hmm. then I have to ask, like, God, am well, I wanting you to just never let my kids get sick because I don't think you'll be enough if something bad happens to them? Mm-hmm. have to keep that. You know, so there are complicated motives, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I do, I just, I just, blah, I talk yeah. it all to God. Yeah, and, and I think even, like, even something very noble, like, 
my like my my desire for my son to love the Lord and follow sure, the Lord and give him sure. his life. I want that so desperately. Yeah. But I have to check my motives. Like, do I do I want that because it makes me feel just sick and yuck if he yeah. doesn't have that relationship, or do I trust that the Lord is sovereign over that situation yes. and will be glorified regardless yes. and loves him more than I do and has him in his hands? I have to believe those things. Yeah. That's yeah. what the Bible teaches. Yep. It's not about me feeling good about yep. stuff or feeling even at peace about things yep. as much as it is trusting in who the Lord is. You know, And, and that, that happens going back to how you drew, you, you, you talked about the, the definition. Mm-hmm. When it's really a relationship and fellowship mm-hmm. and it's not about the conclusion, the result, yeah. the petition, yes or no, mm-hmm. that's the part that's beautiful. When you're begging God and beg, and I, I've been, there's been many prayers, begging yeah. and begging and begging. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I check my motives by going, God, and, and if the result doesn't come in the right time, according to me, if it doesn't come in the right way, according to me. If it doesn't come me, in at all. If it, it doesn't, doesn't come in at all, then I still want to love you, and I still yes. want to be you know, to be molded in yeah. this whole time. Then I am still okay, yeah. because I am in you, yep. and you are okay. Yep. And that's how I check my motives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind, of, kind of keep my motives in check. I think about Philippians 4, I believe, and I think I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit, but where, where Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, anything but yeah. instead bring everything to the Lord, which is kind of, we're kind of talking this, there are things you don't pray about, and yet at the same time, there is this, hey, bring everything before him. Yeah. And he says, when you bring this stuff before him, the peace of, of God, the peace of the Lord, will, which transcends understanding, will come and fill you. And he doesn't say, when you bring it all before him, then you'll get everything you want or everything will work out <laughs> yeah. um, or, you know, all the, the hard things that are happening to you will go away. But there is. But but when you come before him with the heat, he is enough and he brings a peace even in yep. the midst of yep. not getting what I want or what I think I need or those things. You know, I love in the Philippians for um, the, the, it begins with and the, the peace of God and it ends with the God of peace. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then the peace of God kind of will come upon you, da, 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 because da, 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 the God of peace. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting in that That's in cool. that Philippians uh, four context. Okay, Drew, what's your number yeah. two? Um, so this is one that kind of sparked the idea for this podcast, actually. But it would be this: husbands, uh, don't bother praying if you're treating your wife poorly. <laughs> and uh, that comes that's out a, of that's. I mean, honestly, I love it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that comes out of First Peter three, yeah. verse seven. Um, says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Now, real quick, we could get kind of sidetracked <laughs> by that whole weaker vessel thing, but but just know that's talking about different roles, not different value. Otherwise, sure. Peter wouldn't be saying honor your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he says, if you don't do this, he says, um, uh, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And the idea is if you don't honor your wife, if you don't live with her gently and with kindness and patience and honor her, um, then your prayers are hindered. Your prayers mm-hmm. are, are stunted mm-hmm. by that. And I think the, the reason why is, is we've already talked a little bit about this. Our relationship with God is affected by our relationship with people, but there may be no more relationship in which that is more true than your spouse. Sure. That, that God has placed in your life. And I think if you asked Peter, he would say this cuts both ways, that this, oh, that yeah. this mm-hmm. is probably yeah. true yeah. for yeah. wives oh, mm-hmm. yeah. mistreating their husbands. But I, I do think he would probably also say, but I said husbands because there's a greater level of weight on them. And this mm-hmm. becomes more true for them as the, as the leader and as the one who is supposed to act like Christ does towards his church, sure. sacrificing himself for her. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, yeah, that he says your, your prayer, which actually echoes. I was just, uh, while we were talking, I just thought, oh, this actually echoes 
uh, Malachi 2, I think, or Malachi 3, where he says, you wonder why the Lord doesn't accept oh, yeah, your yeah, offerings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, you, you wonder why he won't hear your prayer, why he won't listen mm-hmm. to you. And he says, it's because you're not honoring the covenant. There's a couple things he said, but one of them is you're not, not honoring, honoring the covenant. covenant with your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, not, you're not honoring that. And so why would you expect him if this covenant you made between God and your wife, you won't respect and uphold that? Why would you expect God to be mm-hmm. cool with you and, mm-hmm. and, and listen to you and allow you to live like you are? Well, and the Bible, the Bible uses a number of times, uh, especially in within within the Jewish way of understanding things, that God is so much better than we are. Mm-hmm. So, if you, as a as a as a mom or as a dad, know how to give good gifts, how much more a heavenly Father mm-hmm. does? So they they love to use that analogy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I heard a pastor say one time, and it was really convicting for me. And he just said, talking to really challenging men in his church to honor their wives well, and he said, "Listen, guys, you're not honoring your wives." Like you're not like you're being, you're being argumentative with them. You're being maybe even abusive to them verbally, physically, or whatever. And he said, "Imagine that you were married to my daughter, and I know you're abusing my daughter. And then you come to me, and you're asking me for things. Like you're you're pretending everything is fine, and yet I know you're treating my daughter like this. Like don't expect me to think everything's mm-hmm. fine. Like I'm not going to give you." Mm-hmm. All of these things to help advance your cause or your life in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. knowing that you're treating my daughter like mm-hmm. this. And I was deeply convicted by that. I mean, I was just like, wow, like my wife has a dad. And then I started, well, no, wait, bigger than that. My 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 wife is a child of God. And so mm-hmm. God sees how I treat mm-hmm. his daughter, Andrea, my wife. Mm-hmm. And he's more her daughter than he is my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so, that's that's a big that's blah. a big one, yeah. right? I mean, that's that is a sobering yeah. idea, and mm-hmm. so you know, and again, let's not take it outside of the marital context. I mean, I, I think it does apply. The biblical concept does apply, but for those who are in a married context, don't think you can mistreat mm-hmm. and then feel like, oh yeah, God and I are good. It's one of my favorite things about the justice of God. Like whenever you read through Scripture, if you have women that are mistreated widows that are not taken care of, orphans that are not fathered well. He's like, I'm going to be the husband. I will be the father and I'm going to kick butt and take names to look out. (laughs) I mean, like he's, he is passionate about that. You know, there's a lot of women that cry out to him. Um, Was it Hagar that cries out when her and Ishmael got, you know, and he, and he's seen as the the God who sees and he provides and he protects and he takes care of, which are all roles that I believe as a woman, I believe men are supposed to play in the home in in line with being like Christ and being like the Lord. So, I, yeah, that's a big one. Well, and I just, I, I think there's a lot of people that wonder, so how do I, how do I get around this in terms of some relational strife? Mm. And I just, I love how the Bible consistently, we've, you know, you guys have mentioned scriptures in particular, but just the weight of scripture is that our horizontal, the relationship that Jim has with Morgan, that has with Drew, that has with Steve, that has with Brian, that has with Andrew, that has with, you know, all, all those things is tied to right mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah. literally it's tied to our relationship with god and vice versa and so you know i, th- I think of the john four text you can't say you love god yeah. one that you've not seen and then mistreat a brother or sister in christ that you have seen like it's just not true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it just calls you a liar you can't do that actually that doesn't yeah. that doesn't exist so you can't play the game yeah um two things i want to add real quickly because it's a little bit different than what you guys you guys described uh, ways in which it's hindered it needs to fit mm-hmm. in accordance with god's will um i i don't necessarily have texts for these mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but I just think they kind of bear the weight of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there are there are these two things real quick. Um, I, I was asked one time to pray. Uh, it was kind of beginning of the school year, and someone kind of asked me, "Why don't we pray for all the kids um, that are going to school this year that none of them get sick?" And I loved the heart of that. I loved the kind of the mindset. It's a faithful um, person asking you. It's to pray a faithful that. person asking yeah. for the prayer. And I just, I, I kind of, it caught me off guard a little bit. And it's like, I, I, I totally believe God could do that. I totally believe God knows, has the ability and the, the heart to do that. But I just couldn't pray the prayer. I just couldn't pray. Like, God, don't let anyone in the entire city of Stillwater. Why wait? Why just Stillwater? Like, why don't we just pray, God, don't let anyone in the world ever get sick again or mm-hmm. die again? Like, because we believe he wouldn't do that. And actually, I don't believe he would do that. I believe he can. I don't believe he will. Like, it's not in accordance with his will, mm-hmm. right? His mm-hmm. overarching will is not to just keep us all away. And I think when we pray prayers like that, and we play a little bit of this, somewhat of our game in our minds, um, it doesn't allow us to work through the true character of who God is, the true nature of who God is, and the plan of who God is. Mm-hmm. And we can bypass some of those ideas. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't pray for my sister who is sick to become well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that is a mm-hmm. wonderful thing. And actually the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. you know, even in the, in the book of James, it talks about, um, you know, a prayer in faith offered up and take them for the elders and yeah. they will anoint. I mean, there's, and we do that here at the church. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying these generic quick answer, avoid kind of the yeah. overall plan in which God has made the world and seems to be sustaining the world. Yeah. Praying for world peace. Yes. Praying for, like, it's, I think it's okay to pray for peace. Like, it's okay for pray, to pray for God to intervene in specific situations. Mm-hmm. But this just kind of generic, let all wars be done. We know. Amen. Won't, w- yeah. We, we, he's already told us that gets answered at the end. Yes. Yeah. But up until that time, it won't be. Yeah. Sure. You know and then I, mean? I think until, there are certain things that then you can thank him for, like, that this is going to be answered in the end. Yeah. yeah. Like, I and am so thankful for that. It makes me long for him to come. It if makes you're me... five, then I get it. Yeah. Right? If right. you're five, yeah. I'm not, so hear me again. I'm not saying if you're five and somebody prays that, you say, that was a terrible prayer and the Lord doesn't love you because you just, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that as we mature and as we're trying to spur one another on, mm-hmm. that if you fall into that temptation of wanting to give those generic prayers, believing the great compassion and the great power of God, think through, am I praying that something that is not in accordance? God, I pray that no one in the world ever sins again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't believe he can. It just, the Bible teaches that mm-hmm. that's not the way things are going to be. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you're five or if you're new at this, then I need to yeah, be if patient. You're, if you're 30, but you're young in your yes, faith. Yes, if you're young in your faith, we're and just you don't challenging know how you to think through this to differently. To think through it, yeah. Like I just want you to slow down and ask, do you really? Because uh, I asked this woman, like, do you believe God will do that? Like, do you really believe? And she kept saying, well, I believe God can. I'm going, no, no, no. I'm just asking you, like, do you really believe that what you just prayed? Like, why don't we just pray for? And then she quickly, because she's a very godly woman, she just quickly realized, wow. I, I guess what I was saying was. Like, God, just watch over our kids. I, I love that prayer. Like, God, just be with them. and mm-hmm. help. I, I love that prayer. Yeah, you are the protector, the provider. Yes. So let's, 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 be, more, in let's be more intentional yeah. with that. Um, my last one that's kind of in, in kind of a similar vein as that is the Bible teaches us. So I'll go to the, the book of Colossians um, and uh, I think Ephesians and Colossians, which are twin letters, have a lot of this in Colossians 3 and in uh, Ephesians 4 where it says, uh, you know, put to death sin. Um, where it says things like, 
rid yourselves of all bitterness and anger and strife and lustful. I mean, so it, it has these admonitions mm-hmm. to us, right? Um, or the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians mm-hmm. 5. You know, the, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and I, I know people who genuinely pray for, and I've been this. I mean, I, I, I still wrestle with this. Uh, I, I don't want to ever have a lustful thought again, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to ever mm-hmm. struggle with pride. Mm-hmm. God, remove all pride from me. God, remove. Now, if, if that is a God, keep me, keep your presence with me mm-hmm. and keep your desire to, to, to glorify you. But if you're praying for kind of like more of a magical fix, mm-hmm. um, I, I've met with a lot of, uh, particularly I, I deal with men in this situation who are struggling with marital difficulties. Mm-hmm. And they're they're dealing with temptations that has sometimes led them into pornography use and things like that. And they said, and I, I have prayed for God to remove any desire for women or for anything so that I can just remain pure. And I began to think about that. And for a long time, I thought that was like a great way to, yeah, maybe that's how we can fix this. Maybe God will just remove any of the desires for you in that area and then it'll it'll go away. I thought, well, no, God made you with those desires. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I, I, I don't think the answer to my weight problem is, God, make me never want to be hungry again. It's, you know, it has a similar yeah. vein. It's not that yeah. I don't think he can. It's not, God would say, okay, I'll help you with that. But uh, we're going to learn self-control in the process. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to learn to not go to food mm-hmm. instead of or go to lust instead of mm-hmm. to try to find satisfaction or enjoyment, not just magic. And so if you're praying and you're in a difficult situation, God, remove this kind of magically from me mm-hmm. instead of putting to death or learning to focus on Christ or learning to lean into the spirit. But you're just asking for this like removal of. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. you need to think through that a little bit better because mm-hmm. Paul never seems to say that. Yeah, I think there's a difference between praying for God help me Help me kill this sin. Help yes. me put to death this sin. There's a difference between that and God remove this temptation. Yes. So that I won't. Um, so that I, again, what you're asking a lot of times is for God to take. We've taken <laughs> healthy, natural human desires He's given us. Yes. And we have. I have. We've. We yeah. We have <laughs> twisted them. Yes. And 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 overbloated them. And and what we need is to remove those and get. But we're asking God a lot. Some in in those kinds of prayers, we're asking God to just completely take away the natural healthy desires that he's given us rather than doing the hard work of cutting away the excess that we have put on there. Cutting yes. away the sin. And, and well, I, I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you a real specific example. So I deal with this in situations where I'm counseling couples or particularly, uh, again, I deal with men, so I, yeah. don't, I don't have the woman side. We could yeah. have Sharon come in here. Or Morgan, you could probably talk about it from the other side a little bit. But where they're having sexual frustrations, and I know godly men who are just praying, God, like, remove this from me. And I said, but, but then you will lose God's design for intimacy within the relationship. So don't expect that prayer to be answered. Like I just, again, now God may have another plan. Mm-hmm. Hear me. And it, it, I'm not saying that you can't work this out with him. But I think God would say to me, if I said to him, God, you know, my marital situation is, is struggling in this area. Can you just make me not want anymore? He would go, but you don't get, like, that design that I gave to you and that I put in you is for other reasons as well. You've just, you're on the dark side of that. And so what you need is self-control. What you need is you, you don't need the removal of food or, or sex. Mm -hmm. What you need is fullness in me Mm -hmm. so that you can have a redeemed food life or Mm -hmm. sex life or um, a healthy pride (laughs) instead of the dark Mm -hmm. pride. And that makes you, I believe that makes you more like him. 
Like that's what sanctification oh. is. It's not take away all the bad and then I don't do any work to yes. to get anywhere. It's like, no, there's a there's a like I become sanctified as I'm growing in self-control on in the fruit of the spirit. Yes. I'm sowing to the spirit, reaping the fruit of the yes. spirit like you preached, Drew, mm-hmm. several several times ago and it also reminds me of James, and maybe this is not right, but so just I always get nervous. I'm gonna just contribute. Get that, get that elevator music queued up, Steve. Yeah, just in case. But when it says, "Count it all joy, my brothers," when you <laughs> meet <laughs> when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have yeah. its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It's this idea of you you're working through this it's not just this thing that's removed if you remove and you wouldn't do that for your children now that's like the example i would think of so i really don't want hadley to ever get angry and ever have to work through that in a healthy way and so instead and so to teach her to not be angry i'm just not going to ever let her be angry by by giving her whatever she wants when she wants it Mm -hmm. or i'm going to remove any obstacles she has no ella doesn't want to go to school guess what ella i know you're afraid and you're feeling anxious about this we're going to work through this because we're going to go to school Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and this so, is the way God made you ultimately. Is, to this be. is how, yeah, God made you to be in community, to submit to me as your parent, to do all these other things, you know, to pray, for example, for the church collectively, for me mm-hmm. to pray that the church mm-hmm. faces zero persecution mm-hmm. is, is yeah. not a responsible prayer mm-hmm. because Jesus, Paul said, this is the way it's going to be. So for me to do that is a, a sign of my immaturity, in which case I'm a five-year-old praying a, a genuine prayer that needs to be, you know, re-examined. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm I'm somehow trying to say, God, I don't like the way you've made the world. I don't like I don't like self control. I don't want to have to go through the hard part of learning to control um, the dark side that the spirit is sanctifying. Which and therefore I want it fixed today. Which, by the way, like is a whole nother level of problems of you not believing in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Sure. Like, we believe that we can say no to things. Yeah. We believe that we are able to put to death sin. By like, the, the Bible the teaches that. Yep. Yeah. I so. don't I don't believe in magic. I believe in God. Yeah. Drew, it seems like That's you good. want to say something. Yeah. I'm looking at you. You, start, had, you lean forward and go. I've had two things cross my mind. One is another thing not to pray for. And then one is, I think, a correction that I, I need to make in regards to some of my stuff that I said earlier. I guess this whole topic. So oh, here we go. So here's the first thing. Here's another thing. It's so hard us. for him to think of his failures. I'm not saying. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give a word of caution. I refuse. I will just offer a warning. Um, so piggyback off of something. The first one is though. Like, don't. Here's another. Don't pray about. Don't uh, bother praying about things that the scripture is clear about. Sure. sure. Uh, so I know of, here's an extreme example. I, I know of some situations where a, uh, man who is married starts to find himself falling in love with a woman who's not his wife. And, and when we are in sin, a lot of times it can be really easy to, to let spirituality yeah. defend us from, from the conviction of the spirit. And so to feel like a, a guy finds this woman, and everything feels right about this. I feel alive with her. I feel, and it feels like God brought her into my life. And so for a man to sit there and, and pray whether he should leave his wife and go with, go with this woman or not mm-hmm. um, is foolishness because, yes. the, because God has already spoken on that yep. and you don't. It's not um, in accordance with the word. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not. In, and so when you're praying about whether you should or shouldn't, do something that disobeys scripture or even like, um, should I, should I, uh, give to my church? 
like you, you might pray about how much you should give, sure, you might, but, sure. but God has kind of spoken about how we are. We, we, we want to be generous in the stuff he's given mm-hmm. to us yep. that we give. And so don't we need to be careful that we don't just use prayer as sort of a deflection so that I don't have to deal with the conviction of the word in my life. You know? Yes. I love um, how you said that. Say that one line again about spiritual things. Using spirituality to like defend ourselves from the spirit's conviction. Yeah. To, to, to guard, to block ourselves from having to be convicted. I think that's good. Yep. Um, here's the warning, I would say. There, there, are people who, there are people who think that they can live in unrepentant sin or f- refuse to forgive their brother or sister or love them, and, and then they can just pray with God and be fine. And that's wrong. Um, but then there's, on the other side of this, there are people who think that every time they sin, they feel so guilty that they can't come before God yeah. and pray yeah. to him. Good. And that is good. equally wrong. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, it's so, a fear of unrepentance in too, yeah. right? So anything I forgot to repent of. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Need to this say idea of I just got to, God, forgive it. No, that's, that's not how this works. That's sure. not what we're talking about. The beauty of the gospel is that in our sin, Jesus loved us enough to die for us. Sure. And that in our wickedness, he didn't wait until we had it together to bring us into communion and fellowship with him. And so if you think that you have to have it all together to be able to pray with pray before him. I, this is the, uh, in first John one, it talks about if anyone says claims they have no sin, yep. that they're walking in darkness, they're yeah. foolish. But he says, but if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just mm-hmm. to forgive us. Mm-hmm. John says, listen, you can't pretend you have no sin, pretend everything's right. And you can talk with God, but you can know this when you're aware of your sin, and you are willing to lay that out, you can be confident that you can always come before his throne room. And, That's and this a promise is, yeah, of God. Yeah, and yeah. this is Hebrews. We know that, that Jesus as our faithful high priest is there. So even, even in our messed up, broken state, um, there is no amount of just guilt or shame that ought to keep me from the presence of God or going, going into his presence, trusting his love and forgiveness for me. So I just want to clarify the difference no, between those two things. That's good. And I, you know, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, we have not spoken perfectly. Uh, I, th- I think we've spoken rather accurately, and so I'm, I, I think I could defend anything that we have. You, anything, anything that's been spoken today, even me, uh, even you, oh, you've done wonderful. boom. So I, I mean, I truly, I, I think we can. Um, I promise you that if you're really wrestling with this, truly wrestling with this, and you think you're stepping into something, um, and you, you, it is possible for people to misunderstand what we said, and I would say. If that is the case, go to scripture and where we have either miscommunicated something or mm-hmm. you've misunderstood something, then the scripture is never wrong mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's leading is never and wrong. And I would love to know that. And we would love to. I want to change my mind. We, well, we would love to talk about yeah. it. And yeah. so I, I really do. I, I don't think there's anything we said that, that you shouldn't disagree with. What happens, though, is people get in real situations and it's kind of like Morgan's situation with Titus, but not totally. And then they then they misapply what Morgan said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what I do too. Mm-hmm. And so want mm-hmm. to keep the door wide open with anybody mm-hmm. who is really taking what we shared here today per, uh, seriously, mm-hmm. and is wanting to grow in fellowship with God, not mm-hmm. just to have petitions that are answered, but to in fellowship with Him. Mm-hmm. If you're wrestling with any of these things, honestly, turn to the Word, um, turn to the Spirit. And uh, I know three people right here. Two of them are good friends of mine, Drew and, and uh, his Steve. cousin Morgan. And Steve's right there. He's, he's good at it. But we would love to continue this if you are if you want to talk about this. So I, I really liked your warning, Drew. I thought it was very good. So that is it. Um, we're going to actually kind of relink our last prayer uh podcast that we did because i think it'd be good to put these two side by side um as well as you know i think we need to keep thinking about this because prayer is so 
critical mm-hmm. in terms of our relationship with God. There's just so much more that mm-hmm. can be and will be said, but we're going to wait till next time. So that's it.